Hello guys and welcome to a brand new episode of the podcast. I'm here with Nia and we're actually going to be talking a little bit about uh, the Artemis project that the NASA is actually undergoing with right now. Uh, so I should have done a little bit more research but fortunately Nia has so how about you talk a little bit about how the project came to be and like what are some of the goals that the project is really wanting to achieve. Yeah so I mean we all know the first Artemis mission like Apollo um um, you know, Kennedy wanted to get on the moon. Um, he got on the moon, space race, fun stuff. But like the actual overall um, goal of the Artemis project is just to enhance moon exploration in particular, right? So there's two current projects other than Artemis One that has already happened. Um, there's two current projects that are currently in the works, Artemis mm-hmm. Two, Artemis Three. Um, Artemis 3 was just in the news, but really quickly, we'll talk about Artemis 2 first. This one hasn't happened yet, but um, its intent is to send people past the moon. So seeing essentially how far we can go, um, how far people can stay within, um, I suppose, space um, without having to land or do anything. Just see how far we can go, because eventually one of the goals that NASA has is to have a manned expedition to Mars. So... So that's, that's really like the end goal here, That's right? the end goal, yes. Taking little steps towards that. Yeah, yep. and I think it's really interesting because we haven't had, uh, you know, we all merit being able to go to the moon with the whole space race that we had against the Soviet Union, you know, the U.S. back in the day. Uh, and it's really interesting how, like, the moon, getting to the moon was that, like, breaking point where that would basically determine who was winning in terms of technology, in terms of education, in terms of all these things. Uh, but, like, we never really made it back right yeah no which is insane like if you really think about it usually with a lot of things that either various companies or maybe even the government does like they keep at it and they yeah expand upon it but like this is the first time we've actually gone or like there is an attempt to go back to the moon which i think is also interesting because you'd think just going back to the moon like the first time you did it so now it's like the second time you could just kind of replicate a little bit of what you've done yeah but there's so many things that are like not only in conflict with it um but also the fact that like they're wanting to do so much more, right? Yeah, with Artemis three, that's the next manned expedition that um, the U.S. has since the very, very first one. Um, the plan for that is to actually establish some sort of like semi-permanent presence on the moon of sorts. So, yeah, um, like Ricardo said, it seems like it would be easier the second time, right? But it's harder because we're trying to actually make technology that can be one reusable, which like SpaceX has kind of like already um, yeah, worked on. So like rockets. you know we've uh, we've we've established that we have rockets that can come back to us, which is great. But um, here, one of the main things we're trying to do is establish some sort of like um, moon space station of sorts. I don't remember exactly what it's called. It's like moon landing station, something like that, MLS. Um, very, very, very tiny version of like the International Space Station, I suppose. Mm-hmm. Um, just so astronauts have some place um, in the moon's orbit to conduct studies. So once this is in place, like the moon will actually be like a site for continuous like um, scientific research and exploration, which it isn't right now, because we. When was the last time we were there? It's been a while, 1970 something. Right. So yeah, I think it's really interesting. Also, sort of to talk on top of that, of like 
you know, I went to the site just kind of looking through it, making sure that I sort of understood what we were talking about this uh, this time around. And one of the things that I kind of like looked upon and pondered on was the fact that it said like economic opportunity. Mm -hmm. So like, would you like to expand on that and how going to the moon can potentially impact the economics of the world, right? Like what really is the economic driving factor for this mission? Yeah, so um, the moon is a small place, right? But we don't have a lot of interaction with it. So that makes moon things very expensive. Um, there's people who also theorize that there's a whole bunch of things on the moon that we can reliably use as resources, as a source, like for different minerals and rocks. Um, I also saw this thing. It's called helium-3. Apparently, it's super useful for nuclear fusion reactors, which aren't very common. But right. um, we don't know how the future of nuclear energy will turn out. But um, yeah, that's an aside. Um, Helium-3 is super useful for that, supposedly. And it's not really found on Earth, but apparently in comparison, it's super abundant on the moon. Um, Ricardo was also looking into like a few of the minerals that could potentially be um, mined from the moon as well. But something else that is an issue with that is that the moon is small, right? Like Yeah, relatively small compared to like all the other planets, including Earth. Yeah. So... I personally don't know how economically feasible like using the moon as a source for like resources is, but um, the other aspect to economic profit in the moon, I suppose, would be like space tourism, which you like Elon Musk, like that's his like his business, yeah, that's his business. Dang, yeah. So it's really exciting to just like kind of hear about this, but yeah, especially with like the economic driving factor, I think that. You know, obviously the moon has some minerals that perhaps aren't as abundant in on the Earth. Uh, but one of the things that I really foresee potentially, depending on obviously what the moon has to offer, would be for things such as chips or different types of electronic uh, production. Just because, you know, we've had an economic and chip shortage back in 2020, whenever like the yeah. pandemic was in full swing. Uh, I personally knew that like a whole bunch of different like car dealerships and just like manufacturing plants for cars, like including Ford, had little trucks just like there lying around dead because they literally had no chips to put in them, right? And I think as we move forward through, you know, our time here on Earth, those chip shortages would just become worse and worse. Like, obviously, there's a lot of resources on Earth, but things such as gold, um, things such as uh, lithium, especially for batteries, like those things are things that are finite and can't really like reuse or at the very least i've never heard of like recycling lithium yeah no gold there's been some some attempts to recycle gold from like old electronics but the process again is like very costly very time consuming so unless there are like more you know efficient ways to get these elements back i think eventually we'll have to look for other resources and the moon is just i think the beginning of that Uh, i know that I'm not sure if it was NASA or just like some other people speculating that we could potentially send uh, different spacecrafts to asteroids to land mm-hmm. on them and basically have some type of uh, galactic mining association yeah. where we could get a lot of the resources that we really need for the electronics uh, that we use every day. So there might be some economic viability there, but I definitely really see space tourism being a thing. Yeah. Like even if we don't necessarily get to having space like hotels on the side of the moon. That would be crazy. I know that would be insane. Uh but even something as simple as like having 
the ability to go on a trip to simply like see the stars right yeah like a to and from in the orbit moon. i think is a lot more um reasonable i'm pretty sure i wish i remembered what celebrity but i'm pretty sure there's one celebrity that's or one famous person that's like paying elon musk a ton of money in order to like just go see the it's like space stars. atmosphere yeah like just go out on a rocket ship rocket ship just like for funsies dang yeah and that's i honestly i didn't think i honestly get to see the day like obviously when you're a little kid like you're always thinking about like oh what's the next big thing or like i don't know like jetpacks was a thing that like yeah i think like every like middle schooler like elementary schooler was thinking oh like hoverboards right yeah and sort of as you grow up you get this sense of like oh we're actually like not advancing as like fast as we think we are Mm -hmm. but like space tourism is just like such a wild idea yeah because you often see it in like uh futuristic movies or just like sci-fi stuff uh one example is so there's this anime called uh what is it vivi florid eye song uh it was an like it was an animated original has like no manga no like other works stemming from it um you know the whole idea is like you have this robot uh that's in the future uh after like humanity has been killed by robots Mm -hmm. and then this scientist basically sends her memories back to her body like before all this happened so that she can prevent it okay i've heard of this yeah yeah Yeah. and it's really cool uh and one of the things that sort of like stands out to me is this idea of in one of like the episodes she basically has to be a helper on this like literal um cruise ship but it's like a space cruise ship that takes people like around i know i'm not exactly sure like exactly where in space but just to like make them see the stars and stuff and so she's one of the helpers like a robot helper inside of that like thing and so she has to save everyone from like dying after some things go wrong inside of the ship so that could be like a possibility right eventually if we get further enough into things like an intergalactic cruise ship that would be sick i think yeah i think that's one of the more realistic things honestly realistic relatively speaking in quotation marks yeah yeah um especially because we like we currently don't really have a presence on the moon or even mars which is where a lot of people want to go where i'm super excited to see the future of space exploration but um yeah i feel like just having some sort of large thing in orbit around the earth is something that some people would pay a lot of money to just go experience yeah i think the further we go with technology and the easier it becomes uh it'll be way better for people uh especially flat earthers like yeah i don't know if you've heard of this but uh there was this famous like flat earther who basically like got a lot of funds to make his own like ship like really? little little rocket and like shoot himself up into space to see the curvature oh my god and i'm pretty sure he died doing that because like one of the, one of the times just kind of like i guess we'll never know if the earth is flat or not yeah exactly wow. until we get intergalactic um you know spaceships and yeah. cruises uh, but yeah I, I don't know like the artemis it seems still so far away so how, how is do you know like the timeline of the events or like they're hoping to get like Ish. in the next like yeah. three four years like so um artemis 2 the one that isn't doing the permanent permanent thing on the moon that one is scheduled for 2024 it's going to get pushed back 
Similarly, sure. Artemis 3 scheduled for like December 2025. Don't quote me on that. Definitely 2025 though. But um, that's likely going to be pushed back to like no sooner than 2026. I don't know why they're being pushed back, but um, it happens. Yeah, so I do think though before 2030, we will have at least one of those like missions go out. Yeah, and do you think, obviously like, this is sort of speculation. Obviously, they're wanting to go there for research purposes. But do you think that this sort of escalating back to trying to get to more of having a presence in space is mm -hmm. probably also due to the fact that, like, our planet is kind of on a downhill trend? Like, do you think there might be some interest here and there of, like, can we actually, like, establish some sort of colony or living in another planet? Yeah, I think that's definitely something that's on a lot of people's minds. Like, when you think of going to the moon and stuff, you're like, oh, like, what if we could live there? I know a lot of people are just kind of like, oh, you know, get rid of this planet, like, move on to the next one, that mm -hmm. sort of mentality. But, like, we're nowhere close to that right now. Um, we've, like, ba we've barely gone to the moon. Definitely not feasible to live on the moon, like, as it currently is. So, and also the earth's population might be a little bit too much for the moon too and like we haven't been to like there have been no humans to mars even yet so yeah. but that's like definitely something that's on a lot of people's minds and i definitely do think that's something that nasa will explore nasa mm -hmm. spacex literally everyone um yeah they'll definitely be looking into that once they figure out how to like terraform mars or create like temporary like actual like housing for astronauts so they can see what it's like to live there dang and that's really interesting especially because i feel like we would have gotten to the point earlier uh especially like using the moon as a testing ground for a lot of these like different technologies i feel like it seems kind of far-fetched but a lot of big companies like spacex are pulling all their effort efforts towards mars yeah. which obviously like they're doing that because mars has had the hints of having water of having all these yeah, like, different yeah. resources which are more conducive to just having life mm -hmm. but at the same time we haven't used the capabilities that we have you know we just have the moon like right there exactly to test a lot of these technologies but like we've like you said we've only been there once and so really developing these technologies which you know as it doesn't really happen that often but these technologies which can potentially like bring forth some good changes on earth right like mm -hmm. i know um different types of fuel that are being tested like all these sort of trickle down into just regular everyday use yeah which is really interesting so i wonder if like through getting these technologies to work really well in an environment that is not conducive to life perhaps we could make the environment here better yeah which is something that i've really thought of obviously like it's not a solution like we should really be looking into like renewable energies and, yeah, like yeah. more than just like how can we just like change everything <laughs> yeah exactly how do we just like take out the trash and just kind of like you know make a new set but mm -hmm. um yeah but that's like one of the things that like i'm really curious about and yeah. hoping for is having the potential to reshape a lot of the things that we have here on earth by you know having all these technologies be developed for mars because that's also something that a lot of people are critical of yeah and even with i'm sure with the artemis like space mission right it's being mostly funded or probably all funded by the u.s government just because it's coming from NASA. Like I did see on their website that they're working with like other companies, but I'm sure those companies aren't really getting that much profit off of it. Exactly. That's like one thing about um, space research and um, like 
uh, all of the moon exploration stuff in general, um, something that's super interesting is just like the public facingness of it, I suppose. Yeah. It's just very like um, everyone knows everything about all of the trips to the moon, all of the um, like satellites, all of the rovers, all of the Mars rovers, right? Um, like the public interest in these projects significantly affects them like Mm -hmm. so much so that it's like people do this research like to appease the public almost so that's kind of why i think like so many um companies are working towards like going just to mars because that's what the public's interested in because like we've been to the moon once like if someone does it again it's not as exciting right it's like Like, it's still exciting but it's not like groundbreaking research anymore because it's been done but Mars hasn't been done so everyone's trying to get there first because that'll generate more public interest and make more money but um one thing that NASA is doing with Artemis 3 that is kind of fun and exciting is that they're going to send the first woman to the moon and the first person of color why they're not sending more than just one woman or one person of color or maybe like a woman of color i don't know but it's still exciting because again the only people who have been on the moon are white men so yeah which is also something to think about uh yeah so it's really interesting because i know for sure that like a lot of people always debate like do we even like do we even need to go to the moon right yeah like that's uh, honestly like that's one of the reasons why nasa has been kind of like underfunded Mm -hmm. throughout the years and you know we had the space race nasa was like on top of it right um but then after that like everything just kind of quieted down like all the research that was happening around space exploration just kind of died down as well and i think this artemis project even though we're going back to the moon is to try to reignite that Mm -hmm. fire of people and that curiosity of like wanting to see what's out there because obviously like there's more probably not probably like there are definitely more pressing issues like on earth happening and that's something that even people within the like futurism club an organization have like whenever we had episodes similar to this uh talked about the fact that like we're spending or the u.s is spending so much money on space exploration or on like nasa couldn't they spend it on like other things yeah right um but i always feel like that's sort of like a it's very it's it's a very weird debate to have it is because you don't know you don't truly know the effects of whatever research you're doing and if that money could really be doing something better because yeah. you know you could theoretically say the same thing about like many other things about everything about everything. it's like oh why are we prioritizing this over this the only thing the only do- uh hill i will die on that like kind of encompasses that is the military bu- budget mm, i agree but i feel like that's kind of like common knowledge that like a lot of money is spent on that yep and it's kind of like not great how how is it i heard of like this one they did an audit for the pentagon Mm-hmm. And like it was so funny because they failed the audit like three times back to back. Oh my gosh! Because they were like, "Oh, where did this money go?" Huh? I don't know. It just—it's uh, just gone. Someone eats it. Exactly, it just it's just dissipates. gone. So there's definitely more of a managerial thing that should happen with a lot of the money. But I feel like, especially for igniting that passion back for, you know, space and getting more scientists and like you were saying, like having a woman, having a person of color, right? Uh, people who are able to bring others towards having this newfound fascination of yeah. space and you know perhaps getting people into schools like hopkins or other elite schools right to advance this field i know for sure that hopkins is really great uh at doing a lot of space stuff the fact that we have the apl yeah and they're doing a lot of stuff um and also they were 
I'm pretty sure either like JHU or like a subsidiary of JHU, maybe APL, was straight up just like working with the team that was doing stuff for the Mars rover. I think APL does do that. I'm and the space web, the telescope yeah. as well, right? Yeah. So, you know, which is really great. I personally haven't had any one particular like friend or acquaintance that's worked with the APL with that, mm-hmm. but I've heard of people. Yeah, like, have I you? have. Yeah, I have a friend whose brother and his wife work for APL and they work like on rovers and stuff yeah I know very smart very smart very uh they make a lot of money good for them (laughs) (laughs) Um, yeah it's super cool like the work that APL does um um yeah I don't know it's just um it's it's kind of exciting to see that like oh maybe like the passion for space exploration will be reignited again and then more things will happen and maybe someone will have more ideas than going to the moon or landing on Mars because I think those are the two like the two main big ones. things right now. Yeah, moon and Mars, but um, there haven't really been there hasn't really been interest in sending um, rockets out for anything else. I feel like no, the only thing that I remember or like they made a big deal about the last thing was the the whole uh, redirecting an asteroid through like crashing a, yeah, yeah, yeah. a satellite mm-hmm. right, which was part of a sort of like a space defense. Um, initiative that they were going with I'm pretty sure they're still testing stuff like that Mm -hmm. Uh, which that in and of itself is like another conversation like uh, and I'm pretty sure we've had this uh, probably like last year but like having the ability to potentially like save the planet from a mass extinction caused by a asteroid or something like that Yeah, which could possibly like be true right we could have that ability eventually which would be really great Uh, but yeah like going to space do you know of any other like people that are going to space in terms of like governments i know the u.s is this is the u.s nasa right do you know of any other governments or like entities that are also sort of joining in with nasa to try to get to the moon again yeah so um i know the okay artemis 2 also has people obviously um it's a manned mission um that is nasa working pretty closely in tandem with the canadian space agency that might not be what they're called but whatever space agency that the Canadian government has, um, NASA and them are pretty tight. So it's going to be a crew of like equally, um, like equal amounts of Americans and Canadians going on that. I'm pretty sure they're all white men, but it is what it is. Um, and they might not even be, that's just what I remember. Okay. So yeah. Um, other than that, um, for Artemis three, I know the, European Space Agency, whatever the name of that is, is working with NASA specifically on the moon landing um, station that I was talking about earlier. And again, like it's not going to be super big. Like it'll literally be the size of like maybe like a big bedroom or like an apartment. Like this is not going to be a big thing at all. It's literally just enough space for astronauts to have the ability to do research within the moon's orbit. Okay. So this is why I say like semi-permanent presence, right? Because that is not like a viable space to live in for large amounts of time or like essentially any amount of time, but it is like a good first step. And we also do have to keep in mind, like the moon is pretty small. Like how, yeah. how big of something can you put in its orbit? You're right. Which is, yeah, I don't know. That's, it's interesting, I guess, also the effects that it will have on the, of course, like, we've had or we've known of uh, astronauts spending a whole bunch of time up in space 
and then having potentially like effects yeah. on their body. I know uh, one thing for sure is muscle atrophy is like a really big issue, mm-hmm. uh, which they have to like work out with bands or like, actually now that I think about it, like did they use bands before bands became popular? I'm, I'm sure they must have, right? Probably. Cause like realistically, like in space, ago. you don't you don't use weights because yeah, cause... right. But like resistance bands, yeah, it's based on resistance, not mm-hmm. weight. Interesting. Right. Setting trends. Right. I don't know. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe it was. Uh, cause you know, in space, you have to keep some level of like exercise that is not relying on simply weights, because obviously there's no like weight in space really. So what tends to happen is that a lot of like the muscles of people will tend to atrophy. And so they'll get smaller, they'll get weaker. And so yeah. by the time they return, if they don't do any exercise, like you can't do anything, right? Yeah, yeah. Like for some, if you have to repair something on the space station that requires even a little bit of force, if your muscles are atrophied, what are you going to do? You're going to be scrawny. You're not going to be able to yeah. like move anything. Uh, but yeah, I just came to that realization because I was just thinking of like, what do you do in space to like keep fit? Yeah. Like how do you keep your muscles, your strength, like, and then some level of metabolic, like good activity, mm-hmm. right? Because that's also something to think about. But yeah, I think they might use bands. I should do some research on that. Yeah. As someone that like goes to the gym, because you know you see people in the gym like using bands for like yeah. various things. Yeah. My dad loves resistance bands. He's a big fan. Yeah, and they're real. Like they've been really proven to like work yeah. really well mm-hmm. in combination with like regular weights. Because you know sometimes when you're at the top of the movement or the bottom of the movement, there is no resistance. Yeah. So you get a little bit of break, and if you want to like really maximize your gains in the gym, you usually want to keep tension mm-hmm. and some sort of weight like throughout the entire movement, so that you're really working basically yeah. having no rest period in between uh so and people like use bands in order to do that because obviously like the more you pull the higher the resistance gets yeah so interesting okay i didn't know that so you know <laughs> you know maybe maybe uh you know the artemis mission will somehow turn into like better gym innovations maybe maybe potentially maybe. if they if they Don't do know. that but um yeah so speaking of more in terms of like uh what this can mean for like the future and in terms of what this will really have an impact on i feel like especially when we're talking about uh the economic like again going back into economics and who gets to be here most of the time at least in nasa's part it's just going to be people that are qualified yeah right and so that's the main thing i know spacex is like you said before focused more on the tourism aspect and like gaining money so and especially with uh, recent trends in technology going up with artificial intelligence, you know, those models are becoming extremely smart. Um, I wonder if there is a way to have less qualified people and potentially an unmanned, not unmanned, but like unpiloted spaceship mm. going like automatic going to the moon and back because of all these efforts. That'd be so interesting. That makes me think of like, this doesn't directly answer your question, but uh-huh. it'd be cool to have some sort of like, like almost conveyor belt system between uh-huh. the moon and earth eventually like yeah. some sort of rotating um thing like for tourists like some sort of space walkway that'd be interesting yeah um because yeah in that sense um people like civilians like us um we don't know i don't think either of us could man a rocket no no matter how hard we tried <laughs> no but um yeah i feel like something like that could potentially be viable um, I think it'd be more realistic for something like that to be like auto um, piloted for like going into Earth's orbit, mm-hmm. chilling for a little bit and then coming back. Yeah. I think that's a little bit more realistic just yeah. because like once you get on the moon, like what do you do? I'm assuming it'd be like, I don't know, 
like there'd be a little moon like not airport maybe spaceport 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 a little moon spaceport like on the other side and you like uh-huh. check in and stuff but um i don't see why that couldn't be a thing yeah and i feel like they sort of have to especially if they're wanting to send supplies up there oh true which <laughs> is you know one of the things that like for the international space station is something that they have to do once in a while like there's yeah. even if we don't like really see it or hear it on the news anymore Whenever there are people up there, sometimes they need supplies, right? So they'll send spaceships, yeah. right, uh, up there to get supplies. And eventually, if there are enough people on the moon actually doing a lot of these things, well, there's got to be food. There's got to be different, like, supplies, materials. Uh, and so I feel like having that semi-presence of the moon sort of creates this need for these types of, like, new technologies, right? Because if you're going to, obviously, like, the International Space Station, although it's being used, I don't think I've heard of, like, it's being used very much nope, nowadays. not anymore. Right? Because people are bored of it now. Yeah, like there's so, only so much you can do in the Inter- International Space Station. Uh, I know they've tried to grow plants, and we've heard that over the years, but like there's nothing really like groundbreaking, yeah. like you were saying. But in the case of like the moon, there will be renewed efforts to try to get a supply chain to and from the moon, uh, not only for like investigation of like space rocks and different effects from, you know, uh, the moon and then back so we'll have to have some sort of automatic way or easier way to get supplies up there mm-hmm. so i think that like you were saying maybe not necessarily getting to the moon's surface but perhaps like this intermediary you know object where we could land on yeah or simply like drop supplies maybe not even like completely unmanned mm-hmm. but maybe have a person that doesn't necessarily have obviously they need to have the capabilities in case someone goes wrong but like it wouldn't be something that is needed, yeah. And the person wouldn't need, wouldn't have to be there on time the whole, like the entire way. So, and I think that leaves the door open to having more technologies where we can have unmanned or unpiloted crews of people going for either tourism or actual scientists. Yeah. Right? There are so many bright people that aren't astronauts, and right. I don't think that's something we really think about. No, that's true. Right? There are very sca- special capabilities that you need to have in order to be an astronaut and that's why me and Niha can't be astronauts as I don't know maybe we want to do some like weird um you know at least in my case like CS experiment in space right like how does a program does space affect running programs probably not but like can they you never know you never know right and so for example I can't necessarily do that as a as a person because being an astronaut takes years like it's a whole ordeal that you have have to to go through live to be an astronaut basically that's your whole life uh and so uh, having these different technologies would allow bright like extremely bright people to have and do experiments in space which i don't think is something we really talked about either just like the ability expanding the ability for people that don't have the capabilities of being astronauts to be astronauts right and lowering that threshold to really be able to do either experiments or just other creative endeavors in space yeah which i think is you know, a really cool idea that we can probably look a little bit more into. For sure. I know. Is there anything else we forgot to talk about with Artemis or anything else you'd like mm. to bring up? I don't think so. I will say you were talking about like, oh, it'd be cool to have like this little like intermediary like thing mm-hmm. in between the moon and the earth for like transport purposes. Right. I think that a little bit of the purpose of the moon landing station thing as i've been calling it i hope that's its name but um yeah obviously it's not directly in the middle 
but um i that is supposed to serve as like um the the waypoint of sorts so like every astronaut would always stop there like get supplies or whatever and then like head over to the moon so yeah so, so a pit stop people, yeah exactly a little pit stop fun stuff. interesting mm-hmm. so we're creating space highways with their own i'm just you know i mean i'm i'm i just want to see like a shell uh gas station <laughs> just up there on the moon That'd with its convenience great. store that, that'll be the first thing on the moon the petrol station yep. amazing that brings up another thing i don't know how much time we have but it's an interesting thing to think about just mm-hmm. like the commercialization of the moon and also like who owns the moon you know like can anyone just kind of like yeah. go up there like if you can get up there can you do whatever or is it like international property right. what are the Wait. rules and regulations on like what you can do on the moon like once we get there right. and start establishing like permanent settlements who can do that how and for what You're purpose right. like i know the u.s got there first but like they don't own the moon. yeah we don't own the moon no one really owns the moon either does moon laws is like government law like if right. for example i know like you know they did the experiment in russia of like the twins right yeah and so that's like mega illegal like no <laughs> <laughs> but uh like does the same rules apply on like the moon like can they reach Ooh. you i know i know we had like the whole space force right and they wanted to like make that a thing yeah and it kind of is a thing but like it's kind of useless right now yeah so like but like what validity what like power does the u.s space war have over the moon. the moon it's very interesting i don't think anyone knows the answers to those questions though to be fair because yeah. it's just like so far in the future that they will be an issue but eventually maybe not that far in the future because like, yeah i feel like in the next like 20 years that like could be an issue of some sorts yeah because like, eventually people will argue on the regulations yeah because like for example like the international space station like there since you can't really do much it just kind of like oh yeah this is like a safe spot for like yeah for everyone everyone here like it's it's chill right sure your countries might have some beef with each other but like that's not going to affect you really in the international space station yeah but in the case of the moon, when you have semi-permanent like settlements, like that'll be a huge issue. Yeah. Like who, and especially like you were saying the com- commercialization. Like, what if you can buy plots of land on the moon? Right. Like, right. What if you want to build a house on the moon? Like, who do you pay? Like to do that. True. To, yeah. Like, who are you giving your money to get a plot of moon? Like, is it? It's not. It's not just the U.S. And you can't just like give the money to just Earth in general. And then in that case, you also can't just like do it without give or can you can you just do it if you can get there can you just can like i feel like that's kind of it's it's kind of the law of lawlessness right right? like because there is no rules you make your own rules and i guess it kind of goes initially yeah i mean they did that with the earth too this is true so i wonder (laughs) if the same space colonization and space wars space wars maybe that's what the space force was for but you know we'll eventually see the effects of this and I think that's probably like another conversation just specifically Definitely. talking about the commercialization of space. Yeah. Because like we said before, there's a lot of different minerals that the earth needs that we're running out of. There is also the potential for just leaving earth uh, because we kind of like, not us, not Gen Z. We're, 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 <laughs> we're cool. We're chill. Yeah. we're, we're But like, here. you know, older generations, specifically baby boomers, just kind of like went off a cliff and kind of doomed us all in a way. Um, so obviously there's like efforts to try to get out of here and do something better and also efforts to try to reverse whatever change we've done 
which is kind of reversible at this point. How many yeah. years do we have? Like five, seven? Zero, I feel like. <laughs> no, the, like, remember that one date, um, like, the, I don't remember what it was called, but it was essentially the point where it was, like. Of no return. Yes, the point of no return. Like, we passed that. Oh. So. Oh, goody. So, like, yeah, technically damage to the earth at this point is irreversible. Um, I don't think I and most people ever expected it to be entirely reversed at any point in the future. I think we've messed up the planet in irreparable ways, no matter how far technology develops. But, um, yeah, I think we should probably work on that a little bit more before we start messing up other places. Yeah, so that's also something to keep in mind, right? Like, we obviously don't want our very bad decisions to just affect other planets, mm-hmm. especially if potentially they're only, like, salvation. Or, I don't know, maybe aliens will get, like, pissed at us. Maybe. If there exists on Mars. Yeah. But, yeah, I think that should probably end our conversation yeah. here. Uh, it was very insightful. Obviously, like, we didn't do a whole bunch of research, so it was a lot of just, like, speculating here. Yes. But, I mean, that's, that's kind of fun, right? Like, just getting to speculate, and I that's also one of the reasons why we created futurism everything doesn't necessarily have to be super researched and that's also something that you guys as a viewer should also keep in mind is that take everything we say with a grain of salt of course these are our opinions and they might not be entirely factually correct exactly of course we try to bring you information that is you know feasible and a little bit more grounded but sometimes it's just fun to ideate and get these ideas out there because you know maybe a wild idea that like is never been possible especially like you know space commercialization we we can you know we're kind of talking here like it's not going to happen right like it seems very far away but who knows maybe like some person will actually just somehow write a document saying he's the like the leader or the lord of the moon and then he'll sell like plots and then we'll have this whole like u.s government debate right exactly like this will probably get in like the courts in the next like 10 or 20 years right like somebody claiming ownership of the moon or (laughs) something right i don't know it can happen and so getting to talk about these different um ideas beforehand just gives you a little bit more perspective which Mm -hmm. i think is really nice so yeah but obviously take it with a grain of salt make your own decisions go to the nasa's uh, artemis project webpage and sort of look through there yeah and so i don't know maybe you can potentially become the next person of whatever right uh to be on the moon and hopefully have a little fun maybe even for just tourism so yeah that uh about ends our our episode for today so thank you guys for watching and we hope you get to ponder upon space (laughs) and see what you can come up with so all right see you guys great